Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Conceive, believe, achieve. Shut the f*** up. This is Believe You Me on the Gas Digital Network. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Another episode. I don't know my little very sl- sloppy. Start. No, it's a great start. What are you talking about? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Believe You Me podcast. I am your host, as usual, Michael Bisping, joined by the Puerto Rican Rattlesnake. We were just discussing what to talk about. Lewis is like, well, the floods. The floods is the big story right now. Yeah. No floods where I am. Fires. Fires where I am. Oh a lot God. of flooding in Mississippi, Louisiana, places like that. But what about New York? And oh, by the way, no, no, no. Climate change doesn't exist. It's fine. If we could, I mean, you don't know. You don't know. You dropped out of like the fourth grade or whatever. So no, I no, feel no. Like you no, know no, no. any better than I kind of do know. I kind of do know. You know why? Because look at what look at the industrial revolution in the last hundred years. Right. Look at what human beings are doing. Look at all the carbon emissions that we're putting out there. And to think that we're not making any difference. And the scientists, a lot of very, very intelligent scientists and David Attenborough, who does not have an agenda. I watch all his fucking stuff. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the world is at the precipice of disaster, but it's not too late. We can make changes, but still, whatever. I... I'm not basing this on, on me. These are my studies. I'm regurgitating information from very smart people that care about the world. Okay. But and de- this could only be a good thing anyway. Yeah, devil's avocado all day. I get, if I cared enough to, and I don't, I can no, I also know. regurgitate information that counters those points from some other smart people. But the, no, no, no. But that's, but that's just it. You don't care. And most people don't because they don't, because it inconveniences them. Most people can't be bothered with the little inconveniences, so they just go, fuck it. It's fine. You drive an Audi supercharged V8. Yeah, and I'm working on getting a fucking, what's it called? Uh, An electric car. You know what I mean? As a, you know, I I used to have a Maserati. Got that down to an Audi. And now from the Audi, I'm going to have the bloody, what's it called? The little electric Prius. I'll be like this when I pick you up. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, look, I, I look. We pick your poison. What do you rather, burn alive or drown in your basement apartment? You got to pick one. Well, it's not a laughing matter actually, because people are burning to death and people are drowning. But uh, I don't know. That's a tough one. I'll just take a gun and blow my brains out at that point. Well, I don't that's actually drown. a good question right now because New York is underwater right now. We're flooding. My fuck, I had a little hole in my roof. Something's going on. This is oh this is New God. York. Look at this. This guy's still delivering Uber Eats. God bless his soul. Yeah, hey, hey, listen, that man's a trooper. He ain't messing about. <laughs> he wants those tips. He's like, and you know what? Because Callum does a bit of DoorDash as well, and he says sometimes he gets great tips and sometimes he gets no tips. That guy better get a tip. But I saw in Philadelphia today, the uh, I don't know who, the government officials or the rescue squad, the Coast Guard, the cops, whatever, they're going around in boats. The flooding's that bad. There's cars underwater everywhere. Yeah. You can just kind of see the sunroof, and they're going up and they're checking if people are in them. It's it's a dire situation. I saw one car. It was like I guess under like an overpass, and I you know the you know the the water's up to the windows. And you see them like trying to like drive through it, and the people are like, "What are you doing? What the fuck is wrong with you?" And I I could just see myself being there, being like, "Nah, I can go take a little ride. It's not that bad." And you turn down a corner, and then all of a sudden you're right there. And that's that. Like your car is just destroyed. There's no getting about it. What is this? It's an elevator. What are we looking at, are we looking at here? What is this? This is a bus. Oh, a bus. 
Remnants of Hurricane Ida pounded the New York City area with rain. Oh, look at that. Jeez wow. Louise. I mean, it's miserable, isn't it? You know, because... I mean, obviously, well, fingers crossed, nobody loses their life. I think that has happened. I'm not sure, but fingers crossed. But then afterwards, oh, God, can you imagine the fucking damage to your house? You know what I mean? If you get three feet of water all over your house, it's it's it's, it's destroyed. It's a have mess. You ever, have you ever just spilled a cup of coffee, like on a coffee table with papers and shit? I yeah. almost give up. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to move. I'm not even dealing with this. I would rather move than pick up this entire cup of coffee. If my basement was flooded right now and everything was destroyed, I, I, I couldn't even process dealing with it. Friday night, I was laid in bed right before commentating. I was flicking through the TV channels and the poor was, I got like a miniature bottle of wine from the gas station as I drove in. Just, you know, just for like a one and a half glasses, a little nightcap a Rooney. And I'm laying in bed and I'm watching Jim Gaffigan on TV. He's and great. He doing, oh, he's so funny. I he's hilarious. Jim. I know and him Oh, you do? Oh, he's great. Send my regards, please. Um, and he was doing some bit about if he was a murderer. And he was talking about murder on stage. I don't know if you've seen it. And he said, and could you imagine if you guys saw this? And you'd be like, oh, my God. And he was talking about murder. And then he went and murdered people. You guys would be so proud. And then and then I thought in my head, oh, no. And then he says, and how was he? And they're like, yeah, he was pretty funny. And I thought to myself, he missed a joke because he could have said, yeah, he literally killed. You know, and I thought maybe it's too obvious, but whatever. But it made myself chuckle. You know, I chuckled to myself and I went like that. And I spilled a full glass of wine oh, no. all over my face, all over my chest all over the white um uh you know duvet covers of the hotel i get oh. out of bed i run to the bathroom and in the morning because it was all the lights were off in the morning it looked like someone had been murdered just wine everywhere yeah no i i yeah that is the the bane of my existence having to clean up something like this when it gets in the cracks of everything where you're like i, like, I don't even know like when you ever spill something like in between like your kitchen counter and the stove and you're like well that's just never going to be clean now I don't, I don't, I, I mean, there's, I'm not moving the stove out of the way. This is just crazy. I, 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 I'm struggling to understand what you're talking about here. The kitchen counter next there's to the still stove. There's like liquid, like, all right, you know how, like, there's. The yeah, but the sealant and silicone and stuff, nothing can go down there. No, something gets down there. It bugs me. Uh, well. Anyway, all right, oh, well. pick your poison. But you anyway. Pick one. You got to pick one. The devil comes to you right now and says you got to either drown or burn. <sighs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, speaking of the devil and making deals. Uh, who was it talking about? Answer this question. <laughs> Diego Sanchez. We'll get into that in a minute. He's he's making deals with the devil, and if he hadn't made the deal with the devil, talking very fast, he'd have been Conor McGregor right now. Uh, but still, uh, ah, I mean, listen, I have nightmares about drowning. That'd be bad. That's a bad way to. <laughs> That's why when Lucas was scuba diving, I was I was having fits of panic. I'm like, oh, this is bad. This is bad. Drowning also, uh, sorry, burning. But if also Lucas was bad. on fire, I think you would also be having fits of panic. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, <laughs> I, I, stop, I, drop, roll. Either extremity. It doesn't matter which way. If there's a giant tornado and he's flying off, going around in circles, also a bit of a bad dude. Do you know what I mean? Uh, burning or drowning. Burning, burning, no, drowning. Burn wow. me, motherfucker. Burn me. Uh, well, 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 listen, drowning, burning, whatever. They're all bad. But what would you rather do? Because Brian uh, just uh, put something in the chat there. Brian, go ahead. Yeah, it really depends on whether it's salt or fresh water, because salt water will rip your lungs up while you're drowning. Oh, mm. who cares? You're going to drown anyway. Do you know what I mean? Oh, salt water is bad for the it's, lungs, it's but the fresh water is okay. It's real for me, and this is just as basic as possible. This is what the way most people are going to think. It is what is going to be fastest and least 
painful. Yes. And I'm telling you right now, I don't give a fuck whether it's salt water, fresh water, ice water, hot water, bath water. It's not as bad as being burnt to death. Have you ever burnt your finger on a fucking cigarette lighter? It sucks all over the dick in the world. Fucking way more badass, though. I'm going out with a bang, okay? I'm not disappearing out of sight. They can't even see you. You're drowning. You're like, oh, you're down there somewhere. Just see bubbles. A little, little <laughs> shitty bubble. They're like, oh, no more bubbles. What a pussy-ass way. I guess he's dead. A fucking oh, UFC well. Hall of Famer goes out with yeah, bubbles? No, like I a bitch. Fucking running through. They're like, whoa, whoa. And look how long he's going for. My God. You're Dude, on that- fire. You clothesline the Paul brothers through a wall. <laughs> you fucking still <laughs> drop a couple of people. Where's Dylan Dennis when you need him? Bang. Take him out. You know, speaking of Dylan Dennis and dying and all the rest of it, Sean Strickland, as we know, uh, surging middleweight <laughs> content. I love Sean Strickland. <laughs> Sergio Middleweight. He's a psycho. He's a, I've known he's a psycho for quite some time. I've trained with him extensively for many years, actually. And uh, I don't like everything we find out about Sean Strickland. I find out he's crazier and crazier. And I don't like, I think you need to kiss his ass a little bit more because he's a crazy man. And I don't want him coming after you or the podcast. Whoa, 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 whoa. Do you think I'm fucking intimidated? You can get as crazy as you want, baby boy. I've been in an octagon with him many times. We all know who the boss around here is. But still, uh, I do like, because, yeah, he's a psycho, but I'll tell you what, I'm a fan of the guy. He's very entertaining. He's very, very, and he does not care, which is refreshing to see. Yeah. And then, as we know, there's a little certain little asshole out there called Dylan Dennis that just <clears throat> pesters everybody. And by all accounts, he was trying the same shit with Sean Strickland. And there was a fun little interaction on uh, the Instagram messages that went back and forth and kind of went viral. It was all over the, uh, the the MMA websites and stuff this week. But uh, bring that up on screen if you can, Brian, please, because it is a fun back and forth. Um, where is it here? Hold on. I've got it right here. I'll just read it out. They were talking about something, and then Dylan says, little boy, couldn't take the heat, deleted his post, never come at the king. Dylan, you ain't no fucking king. But still, we're not here to talk about Dylan. We're talking about Sean. Sean Strickland comes back, and this is a great response, by the way. He says, I don't know if you're joking or not, like, because I'd kill you. Not metaphorically speaking, clearly I don't want to go to prison, but if me and you met up and I had one free pass, I'd take your soul. I'd show you your own blood before I turned your mind off for good. It wouldn't, it would bring me great joy to take your life with my bare hands. Again, I'd never do it or threaten you. He's being very careful legally here. I'd never do it or threaten you, but you do understand that to me, you're just a baby lamb put on this earth to be eaten. You do understand this, right? Your prey. Again, this isn't a threat. Again, doesn't want to get banned on Instagram. Again, this isn't a threat. Clearly, I would never do this. He would. I'm just making a point that you're like a baby <laughs> lamb to me. The fact that your food is a testimony. Oh, no, no. The fact that you're not my food is a testimony to civilization that has been created in such a way to where you're able to walk this earth as a lamb pretending to be a wolf with impunity. Damn. Odd thought. Wow. Damn. Go on, Strickland. I like Damn, that. Damn, Sean Strickland. Fucking good because he's that, true. I mean, it was good. And also, the like, the way that he's saying it, like, very matter of fact, it's like, mm. no, no, no. This isn't like, what are we even talking about here? I will, I'll kill you with my bare hands. This isn't up for debate. Like, what are we even doing? It's, he could tell from the way he said that, he really, truly believes it. Like, he's saying it with, like, this is, the, the sky is blue. I will fucking kill you with my bare hands.
Oh yeah, listen, listen. As yeah, if there is a zombie apocalypse, Sean would be a good man to know because he's always on like these gun ranges and shit. He's always hunting. He's a, you know, he, and he is clearly a psychopath and can handle himself with his hands. Um, it's like Mike Tyson said, isn't it? Social media, has, I think it was Mike Tyson. So social media has got pussies way too comfortable without with talking shit without getting punched in the face. Because mm -hmm. back, yeah, and listen, I'm all for the progression of civilization. Do you know what I mean? I'm all for. Peace and love to modern man, and we're all getting along and getting better. But sometimes you got to check a motherfucker. Do you know well, what I mean? And, and unfortunately, in this day and age, you can't. You can't do it because you're branded a criminal and you go to prison. But back a, in the good old days, things. give it's me the even, 80s or the 90s. It's not even just social media. It's, it's like, you know, um, you have things to lose now. You have a family, you have a career. You can't, even if you weren't on social media, you can't risk all of that for whatever bullshit reasons but our formative years you and i both you're a couple years older than me but i'm 39 years old what are you 41 now 42? still look younger you look great um <laughs> but in our formative years if you talked shit middle school elementary school when i was 10 years old if i talked shit to somebody I would get my ass kicked that's just if sort you of the chat way shit get hit you get banged yeah and, I, and it was a great equalizer in the world where it just sort of taught you where you were at in life and you figured out how much shit you could sort of get away with talking and that is sort of lost uh, in today's society. And I don't know if it's for better or for worse. That's really well, the debate. Well, the problem with that is, the problem is, is that the stronger, bigger people, the tough, the guys that are tougher or harder, for want of a better word, if that's like how we govern society, they're just going to be in control. And of course, there's a lot of dickheads out there. There's a lot of bullies. So the way the world is now is great because it puts everyone on an even keel. And just because you're a big marauding asshole that can beat up little Johnny in the playground, you can't do that because it's frowned upon, which is good, which is good. But also the problem with it, it allows these cockroaches like Dylan Dennis to be going out there pretending to be tough and all the rest of it. But I just, uh, I got to say, Sean Strickland is growing on me because he used to, he said to me when I was down at Ruka last time, he said, you don't like me, do you? I said, well, you talk a lot of shit, Sean. He says, I, I do talk a lot of shit. You know, he's a good dude. Though. I like watching him fight he fucking beat the yeah. shit out of uriah hall he's very entertaining and he's got a tough fight against uh, luke rockhold he beats yeah. luke rockhold he's he's starting to get into those conversations and it's been quite the um quite the turnaround you know did from we, his career at welterweight wasn't he was struggling a little bit but now doing fantastic did we talk about uh, him fighting luke rockhold really um I don't i'm not so. sure harrington did we i'm not sure I think it's but really, it, yeah i think it's first of all it's a great fight but super interesting that they trained together at ruka um, you you well, see these guys sort of shying away from fighting teammates, and Aruka's not a, a traditional team that way, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right? no, they, they they don't train together. They don't, you know what I mean? Just on occasion, they may be in Ruka at the same time. Do you know what I'm saying? And and Sean, for the most part, now is training in Vegas. He's in Vegas and he's moving around, doing a lot of sparring down there and taking advantage of all the different facilities and gyms there. Uh, and I'm assuming throughout this, he won't be seen at Ruka because that is Rockhold's kind of new home. I'm sure he's going to other places as well. But, uh, you know, for, for, for Rockhold as well, he's got to come back. You know, he's in a tough spot. Granted, he's been knocked out three out of the last four. I beat him. Yoel beat him. And Blahovich beat him. No shame in those, you know, the Polish power. Yeah, it's like all, uh, like, if you look at those three losses, you know, it's basically as good as it gets. But can you remember that one? When Joel knocked him out, that pitcher, and then he fucking kisses him. He's up against the fence. Rockhold's just been knocked out. And you can see the lights are on, but nobody's home. And he's just staring off in the distance. And Joel's there hugging him, kissing him, saying, I love you. I love you. I mean, what an emasculating moment. He just knocks him out and then does that shit. My God. Um, 
you know, Rocco went up to 185. We saw what happened against Blahovic. He went on and became the champion. And, you know, Rockhold's an incredibly talented fighter. He's a physical specimen. He has so much skill. Uh, but on the flip side, Strickland's got that style where he'll walk you down and get in your face and crowd him. So it's an interesting fight. It really, really is. But still, uh, we were just talking about Strickland being a nutter. Speaking of nutters, and we all love Diego Sanchez. The man's a legend. But he came out here. Harrington put this in the notes. Uh, what, 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 what note is it? Harrington. And in fact, Harrington, you come on and you read this. You read this. You put it in there. I haven't seen this. This seems more like a hammer fisting topic anyway. It's a, it, it's an outlandish thing that old Diego is saying. Now, Diego got rid of, what's his face, Joshua Fabia. He kind of went off the deep end with that guy. And, and we all love Diego. He's a legend of the sport. And unfortunately, he's not with the UFC anymore. But, Harrington, over to you. What's the latest? Uh, well, yeah, he just went on Twitter and posed the question, asking... Harrington, you're Can a little you, bit... Uh, you're pretty hot your microphone sorry oh. step away Maybe from the microphone step sorry away. about that um yeah. so he went on twitter to ask if he could make a deal with the devil right if he could sell his soul in exchange to satan for celebrity fame and success uh he says that the devil gave him that offer back in 2009 he turned it down if he hadn't he would be where the notorious one is uh, and just just for clarification, was there a contract offer? Was this via email? How was the correspondence between Diego and the devil happening? In this modern age, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they got great Wi-Fi down there in the depths of well, hell. Well, the devil, I think the words would appear backwards in a mirror, Bisping. Red rum, red yes. rum. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Do you think he means literally, or is he talking like kind of cryptically about somebody that offered him some crazy shit in his like, I don't career? know. Who knows? Harrington, go ahead. You went off the screen, yep. and I thought you had more to say, and now you're coming back on. In future, <laughs> stop with the in and out, the in and out. It's driving us crazy. Make your point, stick around, interject a little bit, and then fuck off. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, he, he made it very clear. He was not saying metaphorically 100% serious. The devil comes to you, says, hey, give me your soul, uh, or yeah, give me your soul, and I'll give you all of this in this mortal world. Wow. Wow. Hey, maybe it did. Who are we to say? I mean, listen, there's a lot of religious people out there. It blows my mind in this day and age. Again, back to the science, you know. There's no man up there. I'm sorry. Whatever. We don't want to alienate and polarize the uh, audience. But still, that's my belief. And you've got yours and we all respect it. I don't think... I'm just going to go out... Listen, I'm just going to go out on a limb here. I don't think the devil came to Diego and made him this offer. I don't. Do you? I do. I don't know why you're calling Diego Sanchez a liar. Um, he's a legend. Whoa. The you know the man obviously has been through a lot, and you know just because you don't believe in a higher spirit, you don't need to disparage Diego. He uh, the devil obviously showed up, three piece suit, obviously all red, looked great. Yeah, looked had a little pencil mustache. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> made a contract. Look, sounds like you. Fire. Sounds yeah, like you. Yeah. Sounds like you, Diego. I offered him a gas digital podcast. Lewis shows up. Oh, I'll give you a gas digital podcast. No one's going to watch it. And Harrington's going to drive you crazy. But still, um, he made the right decision. My God. God bless Diego. I love the Would guy. You, uh, all right. So let's say somebody comes to you right now. It's a guy who looks just like that. Deal with the devil. Shows up. He's got the mustache. Got the big red suit on. Shows up out of nowhere. You look over your shoulder. He wasn't there. Now all of a sudden he's there. Right? Really strange looking guy. Gives you a creepy feeling. He says, hey, man, I'm going to give you everything you want. All the riches, all the money in the world, everything possible. All you got to do is sign your name right here. Deal with the devil. You don't believe in God. So you think it's just a, a fucking crazy guy. But would you do it just to humor him? So I get a second one because I did this a while ago, right? In 2006, I already did this fucking did deal. deal here we are, baby boy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? How the fuck you think I got here? Come on. And I get a second one? Yes. Again. 
Uh, anyway, let's move on from this absolute nonsense. What have we got? Listen, we've got it's a slow uh, news week, guys. It's a slow news week, but it's a big fight week. Uh, we've got Darren Till taking on Derry Brunson, a good week, a good fight there, and good fight card underneath that. And the good news is, as well, for the UK people, uh, it's on early for the UK audience. Remember, this would have been uh in london had the pandemic not been a thing and uh yeah it's great because being a, a ufc fan i mean i don't know when when we when we go out for the tour lewis if there's any fights on you'll see being a ufc fan in england ireland scotland wales all throughout europe really is fucking hard you've got to be dedicated because the fights are on at like five o'clock in the morning do you know what i mean it's hard so a lot of the time if you do stay up you know, you're exhausted on the Sunday. and now, Or if you do watch it on the Sunday, you you always see it on social media. You always see the, the, the results before you watch it. So it kind of takes the excitement out of it. But uh, this one's great because it's nice and early in the morning. So uh, that's good for the UK. And it's good for me as well. I get to go in nice and early and drive home. But we've got Darren Till taking on Derek Brunson. And I think this fight is basically comes down to this. Who stays on the feet? So sorry, can Darren stay on the feet and can Brunson get the takedown? You know, mm. Brunson is, I think he's underrated in terms of his power. You know, I, I was watching his fights this morning, doing a bit of research for commentary. He's a great wrestler. He's a very, very good wrestler. Typically, most of his fights, he does find himself having to weather a storm at some point, but he's really good at like getting dropped and then snagging an ankle and then getting the takedown or whatever. Uh, but I guess Darren is going to have to be careful. Darren is a sniper in there. He's very fast and he hits very, very hard. So doesn't want to go in there with that. But still, it, it's, a, it's a tough fight for both guys. Darren has shown great takedown defense so far. <laughs> and when he has been taken down, he's got back up pretty quickly. But still, Brunson, he ain't no slouch, man. It's a tough fight for both guys. And, I, and I'll tell you right now, it's kind, of, it's kind of interesting, right? Because Brunson has been knocked out five times. So it's, you know, he is susceptible to being knocked out. That is what Darren's trying to do. And and Darren, honestly, um, Darren's got, does he get taken down too often? Well, I'm trying to think of the example where he was sort of taken down and out wrestled where he lost that fight. Not not too much. I haven't seen him get controlled for a long time. Uh, Whitaker took him down in the fifth round. That was kind of like the deciding factor in that very, very close fight. And that was uh, sort of almost like a surprise because... We assume that yeah, we well, well, Whitaker's a good wrestler, though. You should kind of expect that. But, um, and I don't know if this is true, but when Till fought Tyrone Woodley, remember, it wasn't the most output because he was waiting for Tyrone to shoot, maybe. And then Darren tried to close the distance. And it was a beautiful shot. Fair play to Tyrone. Dropped him with that right hand and got yeah. the Doris choke. But again, you see what I'm saying? You see how that when you fight a wrestler, it's such a fucking pain in the ass. Darren's there and he's waiting, he's waiting, he's waiting. And then he goes in and bang, gets caught with the right hand. Um, against Brunson, he's going to have to be careful. You know what I mean? Because if he hangs around, Brunson is aggressive. He is powerful. And Brunson's on a four-fight win streak against really good competition. Ian Heinish, Edmund Shabazian, um, Kevin Holland, last time out. I forget the fourth one is. But he's on a four-fight win streak. You know, Shabazian, he was highly fucking touted. Great striker, undefeated. Um, so it's 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 a it's a it's a tough fight for both men. It's a good fight. If you're at home Saturday morning on the couch. I thoroughly recommend that you watch this fight because it's going to be a belter. Yeah, that's going to be a really fun fight. And, you know, when you really look at Brunson's losses, he's another guy who's only losing to sort of the top, top of the division. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is sort of a, a little bit of a weird crossroads, I think, for Darren Till. Like, Darren, Till's, Darren Till really needs this win, to be honest with you. Um, 
Well, know, well, let me ask you about this because I did a preview show for BT Sport, and on there we talked, and of course the the guys, and we're all British on there, we're all English, so we're all probably a little bit biased. But I, when I'm commentating, I, I I do my utmost to be absolutely impartial. I won't make predictions. I don't do any of that, and I am I call the fights as I see them. You know, I don't inject any narrative. But on the here, we were talking about Darren Till on the BT Sport preview show. And I saw in the comments a lot of people were giving a shit because we all kind of agreed that if Darren beats Derek Brunson in spectacular fashion, I'm talking about a knockout. I'm talking about something that grabs the headlines, a performance of the nighttime bonus. And then he gets on the microphone and talks a ton of shit like you know he's going to because he's very, very good at that. Then, I, then we all kind of agreed that Darren probably gets the next title shot after Robert Whittaker. And I understand the backlash to those comments because everyone came out and like, what are you talking about? Is three and one or four and one in his last five or whatever, you know? So how can you say off one win, he gets a title fight? I understand those sentiments, but what you're missing is the bigger picture. When you look at the middleweight division, all the fights, and we were talking about this recently, they're very, very close. They're all close, and there's no clear-cut contender. And for Israel Adesanya, he's so good. He's lapping everybody now. He's going through the same opponents again. Went up to heavy, light heavyweight, didn't go his way. There's one person, right? Brunson, he already knocked Brunson out. Do you know what I'm saying? He, if he beats Robert Whittaker, that's going to be a tough fight. He needs fresh meat. And Darren Till has not fought him. And Darren Till got beat of Whitaker, sure, but it was fucking close. They're all really close. So if he can go out there and make a really big splash, make a big impression, get a great knockout, and then say the right things on the microphone, I do believe, and even though people will have reservations about it, that Till will be next after Robert Whitaker. Who is more deserving, right? So, And, and I, I understand the... I, when you said it at first, I was like, eh, I don't see them giving Till um, a, a title shot. He'd be one in, or I guess two and one at middleweight um, with the split with Kelvin Gastelum as well. Um, but, you know, you did make some interesting points. They need not only fresh meat, but they need star power. It's not just fresh meat. It's it's somebody who's going to really be able to carry a pay-per-view. And Darren Till is probably one of the only guys left that Israel Adesanya has not fought that can bring that sort of star power and also bring that sort of what-if factor, right? Because it's any given Sunday, he has a style where he could put somebody's lights out. So, And it's an, a very exciting fight on paper as well. Um, but just play devil's advocate for yourself right now. Who else would be more deserving at 185? Well, I mean, that's hard. I haven't got the rankings in front of me. I, I, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. On paper, Derek Brunson probably is more deserving. He mm. is. I mean, as I said, he's on a four-fight win streak. Those, that fourth one was uh, Elias Theodoru, Ian Heinish, Shabazian, and then Kevin Holland. You know, So if he does beat Darren Till, that puts him on a five-fight win streak. That's certainly more impressive than a one-fight win streak. But as I said, the thing hurting Brunson is that he got dispatched by Israel Adesanya quite easily. Okay, granted, quite some time ago. That was 2018, November. So almost three years ago. So it was a long time ago. So granted... Uh, but other than that, I mean, who else is there? Vittori's been beat. Yoel's been beat. He's not around anymore. Uh, Brunson's been beat. Whitaker's been beat. Gastelum's been beat. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you need Cannoneer. Cannoneer is there, of course. Jared Cannoneer just beat Gastelum. He's right there. But um, yeah, he's yeah. actually, he's, to be, to be honest with you, if everything was fair, yeah. all said and done, yeah. Cannoneer versus Till. They, if Till wins, you put Cannoneer versus Till for a true title eliminator. That's what the world, you know, if everything was all fair and said and done. Yep, but I agree. Israel can't sit around. I, I don't know when, uh, when, when is this fight with uh, Whitaker? 
Saturday. Oh, no, no, no. The, the, sorry. Adesanya and Whitaker isn't announced yet. I don't believe. Yeah, oh, there's exactly. no date? Yeah, yeah that no, actually no. makes more sense, to be honest if, with you. If, 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 if Brunson wins, Brunson versus Cannonier for sure, because they're, they're both, you know, deserving contenders on paper. So make them fight. Uh, and, and to be honest, Till versus Cannonier as well, because there's no date yet for Whitaker and Gastelum. But still, anyway, it's a great fight. I'm very excited to be calling it. It's awesome. Yeah, if uh, Till gets a win, 185 is starting to get interesting again. When you really yeah, think about I, it, right? No, no. I, 185 is interesting. And then obviously, top comment event. We've got our boy, your boy. He loves you. Tom Aspinall. Hell yeah. Heavyweight prospect galore. He's fucking good, man. He is good. He's fighting Sergey Spivak. He was fighting. Who was it? Sergey Pavlovich, I think. He he pulled out last minute. Uh, Tom said, "Sergey said, bring any Sergey, any Sergey you men you bring to the table, I will destroy." <laughs> uh, fair play to Tom. That's a good fight. I asked Tom yesterday. I said, "What do you think?" I said, Sergey Spivak, Sergey, I think it was Pavlovich. If it wasn't, it's got to be Pavlovich. How many fucking Sergeys? Um, <laughs> I said, who, who's who's tougher? Because Pavlovich, I think he's only been beaten once uh, to Alistair Overeem. And other than that, he's a fucking knockout artist. Mm. So I, on paper, you kind of think that Pavlovich is a more dangerous fight. But um, Tom actually had a good analysis. He said, yeah, he said, Pavlovich is more dangerous. Of course, he's knocking everybody out. He's got that knockout power. But Sergei Spivak... He's more well-rounded. We saw against Taito Avasu, took him down time and time again and then got him with the head and arm choke. So whilst he's not as dangerous on the feet, he's more well-rounded and more of a complete threat. So I thought that was an interesting analysis and, and very honest of Tom to say so. Um, yeah, yeah, Tom's a beast. He, he's awesome. And he, he I, I really like Tom too. I follow him on social media. He's a, yeah, he's a, he's a fun follow. Um, I'm very, very excited about that fight. Yeah. I mean, like, this is what you love about Tom, right? And, and I, we're going to talk about, um, uh, what's his name in a minute as well. Uh, oh my God, I'm blanking regardless, but Tom is like any, any guy, any, any, anybody, anywhere, anytime at heavyweight as well, which is like, if I'm a heavyweight, that's the div one division where I would say, okay, maybe I would, uh, be a little bit you know more choosy with who my opponent is going to be because heavyweights can just fucking knock you out and tom's a uh you know a real ass dude for taking a short notice fight against such a dangerous opponent yeah you know yesterday actually he said some really interesting things and so much so that our producer at the ufc when he left said wow what a very very self-aware guy for such a young man i think tom's 26 or 28 he's still a young man uh and he was talking about crowds and he was talking about nerves and he said i still get very very nervous you know he said and to be honest uh, he hasn't fought in front of a crowd yet for the UFC. You know, he's really? been on Abu Dhabi. He's been through the pandemic. There's been no crowds there. And he said, I, I wanted to fight in England because there, there would have been 20,000 people. And I haven't done that yet. He said, and of course I wanted to do it because yes, okay, everybody wants that big crowd. It's awesome. He said, but also I wanted to know how I would deal with that situation. How would I deal with those nerves? Because even though he is extremely talented, you know, He's, he's still a young man, and and he said he said um he does have a little bit of anxiety before fights. He still gets very very scared, you know, and 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 that's great. That's good to have. Having fear is your best friend and your worst enemy because it can make you a little too tense and a little too reserved and not uh, stop you from pulling the trigger. Or it spikes that adrenaline, makes your reactions even fucking faster. But he said, you know, so coming out here to the apex, that's great because there's no crowd, but he was kind of disappointed because he wanted to see how he himself would handle the nerves, the pressure of walking out there in front of 20,000 people. Because 
in, on his regional fights in the UK, maybe a thousand people tops, something like that. And it is very different, you know, when you're in there and you're in the locker room and, you, you, you know, you're getting your hands wrapped and all you can hear is, you can hear fucking 20,000 people when somebody gets knocked out and you're getting fucking wrapped up. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. And then someone comes into your locker room and they're fucking covered in blood and they're on a stretcher and they're getting stitched up and whatnot. And you're like, holy fuck, it's me next. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it, it is, it is. And that stuff can make or break you. So I just thought that was really interesting from Tom. Yeah. Uh, you reminded me of the uh, the Frankie Fear speech from Rocky Five. You remember that speech? Uh, yo, 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 uh, uh, fucking, it ain't about how much you can get hit. It's about, um, it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how much you can get hit and still coming forward. That one? That's, first of all, that's the worst Rocky impression I've ever I can't do life. one. That was wild. Like, I don't even know what, I thought you were having a stroke. Hey, 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 yo, Adrian. I thought I Bisping do, was having an actual I stroke. I can't do everybody, brother, brother. You give me Dagestani, I do this all day. Right up, <laughs> right about now, I, I got you, do, you. Can you do Rocky quotes as Khabib? Yes, brother, brother, listen to me. Frankie Ferry is on your shoulder. He's your best friend at all times, but sometimes you're worst enemy. But listen, let me tell you about something. Adrian, please stop feeding the fucking birds. Adrian, bitch, I will. Listen, stop with the fucking feeding of the birds, okay? And, and in my country, we don't do this. You don't work. You quit. You're retired right now. You get in the house right now. Well, uh, what's he called? The young uh, Polly, Polly, please. No alcohol. Please, you, you make me sick. Brother, brother, please. Uh, anyway, don't be offensive. Can't do accents these days. Got to be careful. It's fucking ridiculous. Okay, really quick. Let's take a moment and thank rockauto.com for supporting today's show. Rockauto.com is a great website, an online store with every auto part at the absolute best prices possible. This is your one-stop shop for everything auto parts. They've been in business for over 20 years, and they make it super easy to find the parts that you need at the best possible prices. You don't go, you got to go to some guy behind a counter that's going to mark up prices, going to rip you off. You don't know what you're buying. Who knows what he's going to sell you? This is the place you got to go. Nine times out of 10, most people don't know what they're buying. You take your car in to get it fixed and uh, they charge you all kinds of nonsense. I have had some nightmares, but if you're working on it yourself, you want the best uh, prices possible at rockauto.com. You can easily find everything you need. And whether you're a mechanic, an auto shop, or working on your own car, everybody, and I mean everybody, even if you own a garage or, or an auto shop, has access to the same incredible pricing at rockauto.com. So as I say, if you're a car guy, right now, go to rockauto.com, check out all the parts available for your car and you're going to have a lot of fun you're going to see they got all kinds everything you need at massively competitive prices once more go to rockauto.com and no promo code needed why well their pricing is already that good you won't believe how cheap their products are when you order make sure to tell rockauto.com that you heard about them here on the believe you me podcast one more time rockauto.com okay let's get back into it uh rest of the card alex perez we're taking on Matt Schnell, Alex Morono, taking on David Zawada. That's a good fight. And our boy. Starting the show. Paddy the Baddy. Paddy Pimblett. A lot of hype around this I guy. Believe, he really is. I believe. He can fly. I believe he can do whatever he wants to do. I, I'm a fan. I've been really paying close attention to his social media since he's been on the show. He's awesome. I There's something. I can't even put my finger on it why he's so fucking likable. There's just something about him that I'm just like, I want this guy to win. I get it. 
Have you seen him on some of his clips at Cage Wars? He does like a, you know, a fruity little dance. It's not like yeah. a badass dance. It's like a fruity little, he's swinging his arms around and he's got his little orange chunks on and whatnot. Yeah, he, he doesn't care. He jumps out of the cage and jumps into the crowd. It's fucking awesome, dude. He's like really a fairy. Cool. He's a little fairy. He's a little scouse fairy. <laughs> um, yeah, and we've got Molly McCann. She's from Liverpool as well. And Darren Till, of course, which is kind of like the British invasion, kind of like the Northwest invasion. Because Tom's from Wigan, Atherton. So, oh, there he is. There he is. There he is. Shake those hips, Paddy the body. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, and then like Molly it. McCann, she starts as well. Julian Rose right is now, on there. We, we discovered Paddy the Batty. We were the first people talking about him before anybody else was. It's the Believe Me podcast. 100%. I'll take my 10%. I'll tell you who's on the card as well. Right down there on the uh, on the undercard. Dolce Langumliambala. Guy delicious. from Africa. And uh, he is, he, he's, he's, he's gassed a little bit in the UFC so far, but uh, he's a powerful motherfucker. He really is. And he's a scary motherfucker. Looks just like um, 50 cent, but like twice as jacked. He's huge, man. 100 Co cent? What, well, you could say that. I like it. I like it. Yeah, nice math there. But still, there you go. That, that's, the, uh, that's the event this weekend. Other news, in other news, uh, Dustin Poirier. There was a lot of speculation. Is he going to fight Conor McGregor a fourth time? Is he going to fight Nate Diaz? Who else? Who else with these other peeps that he might have been suggested? Or well, he talked about fighting uh, one of the Paul brothers. He talked about fighting, uh, you know, doing a boxing match. There's been a lot of speculation uh, about everything except for a title fight. Yes, well, that speculatory phase has ended now because Dustin Poirier versus Charles Oliveira is set for UFC 269 in December. The card also features Amanda Nunes defending her bantamweight title against Julia Pena in the champion's return from COVID. And in addition, Cody Garbrandt will be fighting Kai Kaikara France in his flyweight debut. So there it is. Charles versus Poirier. That's a great fight, man. That is a fantastic Finally. fight. I'm happy. I mean, look, just, you know, and this is no disrespect to Charles. It's no Oliveira. surprise, though. No, it's not a surprise, really. I didn't think so. I mean, Connor's out anyway. Like, if Connor wasn't injured in that fight and they were speculating a fourth fight, I would say, okay, it'll probably happen because Connor sort of gets what he wants. Um, but the reality is this. Well, it's like Nate Diaz said. It's like Nate Diaz, and we'll get to that later. You can't run, <laughs> you can't fight, you can't talk right now so shut the fuck up we'll get yeah. to that stuff later but go on but sorry dustin, dustin is you know for all intents and purposes the uncrowned champion at 155 pounds i think everybody with the exception of charles Oliveira and his camp you know looks at dustin poirier as being the best at 155 so you know i think that it was just sort of becoming frustrating like i know that we are in the era of the super fights and we're in the era of this that and the other but you want the best guy to have the title around his waist. And now we're going to see these guys fight. And to be honest with you, I'm sort of rooting for Charles Oliveira. I love Dustin. I'm a fan of Dustin Poirier. But there's something about Charles Oliveira. He, he's the underdog in this fight. He's the guy that people are sort of looking past. And, um, you know, I just see how happy winning that title made him. I want to see him hold on to that title for a little while. Yeah, I, I understand your sentiments. I do because... Charles Oliveira, like when he fought Michael Chandler, I was rooting for Charles. Nothing against Michael Chandler. He's a great fighter. He's a great person. He's a good dude. I met him for and the I first time. And I would be mad if Poirier won, by the way. Let, let no, me make no, of, yeah. of course. Listen, I'm a huge fan of Dustin Poirier. 
you know, I am. And I, I like the guy. I like everything he's done. His body of work is fantastic. Two great wins over Poirier this year, sorry, over McGregor this year. He certainly deserves it. And he kind of is the young crown champ. But as you say, for Charles Oliveira, the body of work that he had, the ups and the downs, the emotional roller coaster, the journey to the belt, you know, some parallels with my journey. So to see him get it, I was so happy for him. And then he goes back to Brazil and he's getting the heroes welcome there. And he's got the most fucking submissions in the UFC. He's got knockout power as well, just knocked out Chandler. He's got great striking. And as he's got older and as he's got better, well, as he's got older, he's got better. Um, it's a tough fight for both men, I think. And I don't even know if there's any odds yet, but I'd assume Poirier would be the favorite. And I also would assume early at this stage that Poirier probably wins. But uh, it's a huge fight. And obviously coming off the back of those two wins against McGregor, his star will have risen big time. So hopefully for everyone involved and Charles Oliveira, this sells a shit ton of pay-per-views. Yeah, no, I think it will. Um, you know, Dustin at this point is a, a you know, massive star. And it's a title fight. You know, we, we you know, typically... You know, we'll see good numbers with that. But Nunez yeah, on there as well. Yeah, oh yeah, oh, oh, yeah, amazing. Honestly, that'll be a really big pay per view. Hope so. What else we got here? So we just mentioned that Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor—they were going back and forth. I think it was yesterday or all week. To be fair, Conor's been going out of his mind on Twitter. Everybody, but Harrington, come on here and uh, give us a little bit of color. Uh, uh, Lewis, you do a pretty good Nate Diaz impression. Yeah, I do. You do you want to do a little Nate Diaz uh, BYM theater? Sure, do, we, do, we, do, do, do we have the script? I will pull it up right now. One sec. Can we get it on the screen? But like, yeah, I mean, listen, Diaz is great. Connor's great. They're both big stars, but they're just talking shit at one another. Listen, fucking hell, it gets a little bit tiresome after a while. Either just uh, fight or shut up, you know? Well, it is All entertaining right, on Twitter, I guess, but hold on. Let's have a look. I'm not ready. ready. I don't know. We want you just do that. I can't do a Connor impression. I just can't. I can't do it. I could do Irish, but I can't do Connor. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here. So you do Diaz. And you just Hold on, let me bring it up. Ah, where are the tweets? Here we go. So, bro. Oh, so here's McGregor. He goes now add thirty pounds of muscle to me. It's a picture of them way uh, square it up, uh, and then Connor says now add thirty pounds of muscle to me, and say ding ding in a Dublin accent. Don't quite get it, and. Bro, you can't even walk a fire right now. Why are you talking shit? Talk and then, and then Connor says, "Who can't come through and see you, little skinny fool? You'll be smacked up and rolled up, you bomb. Callie's mine." Don't forget, Kebab was scared as hell of me, and he beat your ass and finished you off. And don't forget, DP scared of me also, but he beat your ass and finished you too. You're all pussies. He fled the fucking cage, and I boxed his family around, right? And and I'm, I'm now Conor McGregor from Northern Ireland. And if you don't like that, then you got to fucking deal with it. But it's the only Irish accent that I can do, because my ma talks like this. And nobody finished me either, mate. I broke my leg. No one or nothing else done anything to me. And anyway, don't worry about them. I'm here in Cali, months, doing what I want. It's three on the street now, mate, you little fucking sport. <laughs> it's just business. Remember, you... You're the sportsman. I showed you guys the street shit. I fought both your team out of the cage before you guys realized the real fight game spoiled little bitches. I'm on a hair trigger, mate. Don't know, even know what that fucking means, by the way, but I'm on a hair trigger, mate. You stay where you are in hating, you wee little rat bastard, you. If you know what's good for you, bro, God bless you, kid. Have a great day now. Fuck you. Fuck the whole city I am. <laughs> what the fuck? Does it even work? Oh, nah, bitch. 
You should have learned how to not break your leg when I checked your shit and you crutch out of a fight with me. And how are you going to fight me when you can't run for your life this time with your broken ass? You lost the fight and ran for the hills just like Kebab. You're a pussy too. Anyway. There's yeah, a lot. They, goes, keep going. they keep going on. Wow. They go on and on and on and on and on. And it is entertaining <laughs> when you sat on the toilet, when you're on the throne and you're just going through and you have the little scrolly only. Um, probably, hopefully we see that fight. You know, I'm not sure if he wants to come back, Connor. I'm talking about after what's probably going to be about a year layoff and fighting Dustin for a third time. You kind of want to get your your whistle wet, find your mojo, blow off that ring rust, test Nate that leg of would be the guy. Nate would be the guy. Nate would not be being the guy. an asshole. It's just that look, Nate's coming off a loss as well. Probably won't fight until then again because Nate only fights once every two, three years now at this point. Seventeen thousand years. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I honestly look. I, I, now's the time. Or I should say one year from now when he heals up and Nate's ready to fight again, that fight should probably just happen again. Now's the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 it is. And then if Connor beats uh, Nate, then he fights Dustin, you know, because you know, they're going to do a fourth fight. The fourth fight will be absolutely massive. But I think if I was Connor's manager, I'm not speaking for audio at all, but I'm just saying in general, if I was advising him, I would say take a tune up fight. You know what I mean? Just you, because, because, Going in there, and I'm not just talking. I'm not talking about Connor here. I'm talking about the psyche of a fighter, you know. And Connor, I'm sure, would say, "Well, I'm different from all other fighters." Maybe, maybe that's not what I'm saying. But generally, a fighter, if you go out there and you get knocked out of a guy twice in a row, all right, first, second one was a knockout, third one, he got his leg broke. But whatever, whatever, you get beaten because he was getting kind of handled. You kind of wanna, you don't wanna go in the third time with that because, as confident as anybody is. There's always those little psychological demons. There's always those what ifs. There's always the thought of you getting left on the floor unconscious. There's always the thought of you being taken down, ground and pounded, and then snapping your leg. You know, you want to get back to that confidence. I'm not talking about Connor. I'm talking about one. I'm talking about a fighter. You know, that's what you need. You yeah. know, and these are big fights. And there's a lot at stake. And fighting Dustin for a third, fourth time for the belt. Hey, have a tune-up fight. That'd be my advice if I was in. And I mean, you know, look, the the reality is the fact that we could even talk about Nate Diaz as if he's a tune-up fight is kind of crazy. But the reality is like that, that there's not, you can't see Connor fighting somebody without a massive name, right? So that's sort of the, the only fight that would really make sense, quote unquote, as a tune-up fight. Yeah, yeah, and as you say, it's not fair to call Nate Diaz a tune-up fight because he's not a tune-up fight for anybody. He's one of the biggest stars in the sport. But there's history there, and it isn't Dustin Poirier. And it's a winnable fight stylistically, even though Diaz is tough as fuck. Anyway, it's Thursday. Harrington, come on here, sir. Show yourself. Do a little prep prep. Have some stuff. Have some multimedia. Have some things ready for us. But it's Thursday. Hold the microphone away from your face to such a level where it doesn't distort when you talk into it. And, uh, yeah, if you want to give a good little hammer fist to the backside of Lewis and just regular hammer fisting to me, then please go ahead. The time is now. Without further ado, the floor is yours. All right. Uh, let's try this one first. Uh, number four in the notes, former WBO champion Iwa Brodinka. Uh, she lost her pro MMA debut this weekend by third round TKO. But the biggest story to come out of this weekend is uh, the stun she pulled at the weigh-in. Uh, this is the craziest thing I think I've ever seen. Lewis, have you seen this? I have. 
Oh, it's insane. This is crazy. I don't know what she's trying to say. Uh, and I'm just going to preface this for people that haven't seen it because you've got to watch closely. She seems to have, I don't know, what is that, flowers or something behind her, the lady on the left. And as she walks forward, she's hiding a big, giant black dildo and she slaps her opponent in the face and then all, all hell breaks loose. I don't see like color. I, I was going to just say it was a dildo. Big giant black dildo. It is what it is. You know what I mean? She's got blonde hair. She's got black hair. There's gold on the screen. There's whites. Grow up, you <laughs> pussy. For, uh, <laughs> press play. Ooh. She threw it at her. Then she fucking mushed her in the nose. This bitch kicked her. Right in the fanny. Hell yeah. Six Fanny is ass in the United States and vagina in England. Just Correct. another little, another little tidbit of information for when you go to England. But yeah, yeah, I mean, what is going on here? I mean, what do you think? What message do you think this lady was trying to send by walking up and smack her in the face with a sexual apparatus that is of non no color whatsoever? Look, first, I'm just annoyed because this was my plan with Jason Ellis. <laughs> he he'd like that though. I know he'd fucking, he'd have fucking take it. gobbled that thing up. It was his. He would take it. It was going to be a gift. Oh yeah. Well, look at that. She's almost. I mean, that's a good place to pause it. My right God. Up. All right. It's not a bad photo. What do you think she was trying to do though? <laughs> what, what do you What do you think the message? I don't know, was? man. Are they Russian? Russians? They don't make any sense. There's no rhyme or reason anymore. They're fucking Russian. Hold on, Harrington. Do you have any rhyme or reason for the Russian triple R's? What you got? I think it's pretty clear. She's going to fuck her up. Ah. Oh. Interesting. Maybe, mm. maybe not. But of course, Harrington brings that one up. Harrington brings up the dildo as the first hammer fisting. You know, he recognizes a good dildo when he sees one. Um, third, not, lost the not fight by third round TKO. With the, what, the girl with the dildo or the girl the girl, that? the girl with the dildo. Well, I just want to clarify for everybody at home that the dildo is not a reference to Dylan Dennis, although <laughs> usually it would be. Uh, Harrington, moving on. What we got, buddy? Uh, all right. Well, I mean, let's see here. Do I want to? Oh, this one's kind of interesting. Uh, so we saw, uh, we talked about it on a Monday show. Cheeto Vera versus Frank Yeager is going to happen at Madison Square Garden. Sean O'Malley came out. Uh, he says he was offered the Yeager fight, but passed it up in favor of Bout in Vegas in December. Here's the quote I got offered the fight in New York against Frankie, and if Frankie. Uh, wants to get whooped, he can get whooped in Vegas in December. They want Frankie to fight in New York, so they gave him Cheeto Vera. Uh, getting the Sugar Show against Frankie would have been a great fight for me, but I'm not worried about it. Uh, who will it be? Dominic Cruz? Could be. I don't know. Uh, if he wants to fight in December in Vegas, I would love to dance with him. I don't think he'll take that fight. I don't think that's a fight he wants. But if it is, then yeah, that would probably be next. I don't really care if it's a top 10 guy, a top 15 guy, a bum oh on the street. Oh, my God, Harrington. It's a hammer fisting. It's not a novel. No, but but, but, let, but let him finish this part because I've seen this video. He was on uh, Logan Paul's podcast, and, and, and this did, you know, it, it is curious. Just finish that part or just start that part again. If it's a, I don't really care if it's a top 10 guy, a top 15 guy, a bum on the street. I'm going to get paid the same. Whoever I beat up, I'm getting paid the same. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I saw that because he was talking about, I, I think he might have had a little to do with, uh, um, oh, God, God, God. The matchmaker. What's his name? Sean, Sean Shelby. Shelby. Sean Shelby. I had a little brain fart there. Yeah, he was talking about that, and I think they might have uh, had some heated words or whatever, but he said they're all good now because – you know, they wanted Sean O'Malley versus Frank Yeager from Madison Square Garden, right? 
that would have been a sensational fight. Shout out Cheeto Vera for stepping up to the plate. Oh, and commiserations. Cheeto's dog died uh, yesterday. Aww. And being a dog lover and Alfie in the background there, sorry about that, Cheeto. But um, young, healthy dog as well. I don't understand. Anyway, uh, Cheeto steps up. That's a sensational fight. You know, and that would have been a good opportunity for Sean O'Malley to, you know, Frankie Yick is a legend of the sport. I'm never going to talk bad about it. You know, and he's still got it. He can still put on amazing performances. But the reality is that we all have an expiry date and you know maybe frankie's getting there with respect i'll say maybe maybe he's getting there and for, for sean o'malley or cheeto vera to go out there for anybody for anybody to get a win over frankie Yeager, it's a great thing to have you know i understand they want to keep frankie at madison square garden he's from new jersey he's a big deal he's a recognizable name and but then that final part of sean o'malley you know, I was talking to Sean Sunday night at the Jake Paul thing. Good guy. I like him. I like everything about him. I'm, I'm just puzzled with some of the statements that he says regarding that. You know, I, it's saying I only get, I get paid the same. I kind of see his point, but also, you know, you want to work towards a better contract. And if you're taking out bigger guys, when you renegotiate with the UFC, you will get better numbers on that piece of paper. It just seems like it's a counterproductive way to, to plan out your career, which is like, all right, I'm going to get paid the same amount, so why am I going to fight the toughest guys possible? But like, all right, dude, well, eventually one of these guys that aren't top 15 ranked are going to knock you out, and then what are you worth? I, I mean, I'm not saying that you're worthless if you get knocked out once. I'm just saying, like, your value is the fact that you're unbeaten, you know, and I, you can sort of hold on to the fact that you had that. I, the loss to Cheeto, he holds on to the fact that it was an there's an asterisk and it wasn't a real loss, and I, I do accept that to a certain degree. I want to see that rematch one day that's the reality right because you're, you're out of your mind to accept that listen i, I i'm a huge fan of uh, uh sean o'malley i really am that was a legitimate beat it he was lost. but he lost. You, you've admitted this as well that they fight a hundred times that doesn't happen it was a it was a i fight dan henderson a hundred times i beat the fuck out of him for those 99 but at ufc, <laughs> one, at ufc 100 he fucking clipped me he got me right he got me fair and square you think I'm 99 I'm not going to say that doesn't matter. That one does, You know that one when he put me to sleep for 20 minutes and I forgot fucking the next three it's months of my the, life? You, all right. D hey, no, no, it's no. It's not exactly the same. It, you know, it was the it was an injury off of um, uh, a leg a kick, kick, which, yeah. you know, typically we don't see it. We we do see people get knocked out all the time by being punched in the face. That happens listen, all the time. So listen, I'm not seen it many, many times with people getting kicked in the leg and going down and getting hurt, okay? He threw, he shot, uh, Cheeto threw a leg kick, it connected, and it did damage. That's why the fight ended. I'm not disparaging Cheeto's win. I think she's incredible. And I've said I, I count Cheeto's win as 100% legitimate, but I do understand what Sean is saying, and I understand if he convinces himself, and he really believes that as well, that similarly to John Jones, I mean, John Jones is truly like it was a disqualification. It's, it's crazy. Okay, whatever. but what, I got to I got to stop you. Number okay. one, because you're out of your mind with your point. <laughs> Secondly, it's got nothing to do with what Harrington's bringing up. <laughs> it's not. It's not the question he's asking us. We're not asking us to debate Cheeto Vera and Sean O'Malley. We're talking about Sean O'Malley fighting, choosing to fight in Vegas against somebody not called Frankie Edgar. You you know you're entitled to your opinion, Lewis. I'm not disparaging. Well, no, your the opinion. the point as it related was the fact that he is going to have to. He's going to fight if he's not fighting lower ranked guys that aren't ranked above him he's not moving himself toward a title shot at all and he's eventually going to lose it's mma people lose yeah yeah no people do lose and he has already lost you know so there you go again uh, <laughs> um what else you got harrington well i was going to ask you guys who do you think he does fight in december in vegas because he does seem set on that date we already we just talked about how it's a stack card that is a card that sean o'malley would fit perfectly on he called that dominic cruz right yeah 
I mean, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Rantaway rankings, UFC. Let's have a look. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that fight's going to transpire. I really don't. Um, just because, I mean, Jesus Christ, you're turning down, not turning down, but turning down Frankie Edgar. I'm not saying Cruz is a tougher fight, but he might be a tougher fight. Uh, Aljamain Sterling's the champ. We've got Piotr Jan, TJ Dillashaw. He's on the sidelines right now, I think. There's Corey Sandhagen, Jose Aldo. It's going to be none of these. There's Rob Falk, Marlon Marais, Frankie Edgar, Pedro Munoz, Cody Garbrandt. He's fighting Kiyakara France, Dominic Cruz, Marab Devalashvili. He wants to, I'm not talking shit, but that Marab Devalashvili is a tough fight for anyone. He's a sleeper in the division. Then you got Cheeto and you got Sean O'Malley. I don't know. I'd like to see Dominic Cruz. That'd be good. That'd yeah. be great. That'd be a fantastic fight. I'd love to see that. And that'd be a really big step up in competition for O'Malley. And if he can get the job done against Dominic Cruz, I mean, I kind of understand what he's saying. He doesn't want to go up too far on his current contract. But unfortunately, you know, you got to fight the people that, that you're given to a certain Yeah, it's degree. also your current contract, especially him because he's a star already. Like, dude, he's already doing all the fucking, you know, the Jake Paul Brothers podcast. He's got a big podcast of his own. He's got, like, this thing about him. So you put a UFC title around his waist. I mean, he's a massive, massive star. That will equate to so much more than whatever sort of slow burn uh, progression you're going for. Hey, and he's a cool motherfucker as well. He really is. He's a cool motherfucker. He's got presence. And his style of fighting is awesome. He's super well, no, exciting. He yeah, his style of fighting is awesome, but I was going to talk more about his his outfit at the Jake Paul fight on Sunday night. He looked he looked pretty badass. He had uh, just a, a cool suit on that fitted very well. Nothing underneath the, the the suit jacket. He had his big, bright purple pink hair, whatever it was. But he rocked it. He, he, I would look like a complete dickhead if I'm running around with not a suit on, with no shirt on, a massive giant pink hair or purple hair. Not sure I'd be saying. I'm not sure he'd be saying on his podcast. Wow. Bisping looked fresh at the show. Yeah. They'd be like, what the fuck was Bisping wearing? But Sean being so skinny and small and lean should be the word. He rocked it. And I thought he looked cool as fuck. Yeah, he look, he, it takes a certain amount of confidence to wear a silly suit and to wear like fun, silly. Th like I, I always have a lot of respect for people who wear like just fun, silly, over the top things. Yeah, I feel like an asshole. I can't do it. Okay, let's take a moment and thank Hydro Jug for supporting today's show. The Hydro Jug is a unique water bottle that is designed to help you drink more and refill less. Look, I, I can give you all the details. It's a, it's a big, giant jug. That's what it is. It's got a really cool handle. It's got a great strap on. It's got a place for your cell phone. I bring this to the gym. I bring this to jujitsu. I don't have to bring anything else. Uh, if you're wearing a gi, you don't have pockets on it. So if you're not bringing anything, I, I, I literally just bring that in from the car. It's absolutely perfect. It's super easy to use, and it's just awesome. It looks cool. Every time I bring it into the gym, I get a comment on it. Somebody's like, oh, that's a really cool jug. Yeah, listen, as, as you say, it's, we're not reinventing the wheel here. We're reinventing the jug. No, listen, uh, Rebecca, she she never leaves the house, and I'm the same. Everyone's trying to drink more water these days, or you should be. And you see everybody with the hydro flasks. The problem is Rebecca takes one every time we leave the house. She always has a hydro flask, but we always end up arguing over who's fucking carrying it. I'm like, well, you brought it with you because guess what? you got to hold your hand, and you only get two hands, right? You don't want to waste one holding a hydro flask. That's where hydro jug comes in. Nice little straps. Only a little thing, as I say, 
it. We're not recreating the wheel. It's bigger as well, so you haven't got to keep filling it up. It's dishwasher friendly. It's BPA free, which means no harmful chemicals in your body or in the environment. And guess what? You're not buying bottles of plastic water. And I know you're going to roll your eyes loose, but we've got to reduce the plastic in this world. The climate change is going fucking insane. We've got flooding all over the place and we've got oceans filling up with bottles of plastic. So do your little bit. Plus also, it comes with an integrated handle, two pockets that fit your phone. And as I said, that strap, adjustable. Harrington is running around with the sleeve in camo colors because he thinks he looks like a badass. But still, I'm in favor of uh, what Harrington's doing. Can I say as well, this is going to sound stupid. They also have the It always sounds stupid coming from you, but go on. And they have the hydro straw that comes with it. It's Whoa. a giant straw that you put in the hydro drug. I, look, we I are didn't think I would, reinventing the wheel. My I didn't God. think I'd care, but I actually enjoy drinking water when I'm when I'm going through. Instead of chugging it, just slurp it up real quick. It is really great. I, I'm not bullshit. I know it sounds like we're just making fun of this. I love my hydro jug. I, if I leave home, I will turn the car around to go pick it up again. Yeah, well, guess what? Right now, if you go to hydrojug.com and enter the code BISPING, B-I-S-P-I-N-G, the G stands for gangster, you're going to get 10% off your order. And guess what? What? That is on top of their money back guarantee. Bow, 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 bow. If you don't like it, send it back, get your money back. One more Literally time. Literally nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. Hydrojug.com. That code is BISPING at checkout for 10% off your order. All right. Where were we? Harrington? All right, uh, this is another interesting one. Kevin Lee, uh, you know, Dana White, after his last fight, Kevin Lee, you know, he said uh, he's not sure what he's going to do with, with Kevin Lee going forward. He said he's going to have a conversation about that. Kevin Lee took a stab and he said, all right, well, Mike Perry, what are you doing? Like, let's just run this back uh, or not run it back, but let's finally get this fight on. Uh, if you remember, Mike Perry was offered the fight. He turned it down. These are two, you know, action fighters who, with recognizable names who have been kind of on a skid. Do you think this fight booking, A, makes sense, and B, uh, is it enough to bring Kevin Lee, to keep Kevin Lee going in the UFC? Hold on. Who did he say again? Mike Perry? Yeah, Mike I Perry. think. Uh, yeah, I, I mean... That'd be a great fight. You know, for Kevin Lee, he's come up to 170, came up short against Daniel Rodriguez. There's no shame in that. that I'm, I'm telling you, that was always going to be a tough fight. Daniel Rodriguez is a bad motherfucker, right? And when we were talking, when he was talking, uh, when we were talking to Kevin Lee, and I don't know who Kevin Lee was talking to, but he said, um, for the fight, it means he's like, yeah, I've been speaking to some people on the streets, some people in the prisons. They told me. Michael Ro Daniel Rodriguez is a bad motherfucker. He told me to be careful with that guy, you know. So Kevin Lee's got some badass friends as well. But still, that was always going to be a tough fight. And of course, you know, his, his, his record isn't the best lately. He's on a two-fight losing streak. Lost to Daniel Rodriguez. Before that, he lost to Charles Oliveira, who's now the lightweight champion of the world. Before that, knocked out Gregor Gillespie with a highlight reel knockout. Before that, lost to Rafael Dos Anjos. Again, Dos Anjos, he's the man. And before that, Alaya Quinta, you know, and I, Alaya Quinta is fucking good as well. So I, I understand what Dan is saying because in his last five, he's won one, you know, uh, so it's never a good look. Uh, and I think Mike Perry would be great. Mike Perry, uh, it's, it's, it'd be a favorable matchup. I don't think he's going to get um, well, wrestled both of or anything. Their, both of their last opponents were Daniel Rodriguez. They both yeah. lost to him. So yeah. that makes sense. And uh, I mean, it's sort of like it's an unofficial loser leaves town match, sort of. Mike Perry, you know, he he's on a two-fight losing skid right now. Mike Perry's just an exciting fighter. He's an exciting personality, but obviously has some fucking issues outside of the octagon. Keeps on getting himself into some trouble. And, um, you know, I, I like Mike Perry. I'm a fan of his, and I like like his thing. I, I kind of like, I, I like his thing. 
Um, I want to see him continue to be successful. Um, so that that aside, I think, yeah, what a super exciting fight. I mean, it's just really what it comes down to. Two guys that are both stylistically exciting in and out of the cage. A lot of shit talking leading up to it. Should be great. And two guys who have their backs against the wall. That's only going to make for a good fight. Yeah, no, I agree. Harrington? Uh, okay, I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, on this week's card, uh, Darren Till uh, said, you know, it, it's tough coming back from this collarbone injury. He even went so far as to say it's still hurting him uh, and begged Derek Brunson uh, not to attack his collarbone. Now, do you think this is just Darren Till trolling or is he that much of a badass that he's saying, hey, this is hurt. Please don't mess with this and let's just have a fair fight. Newsflash. Never take anything Darren Tell says seriously. You know what I mean? The guy's great. I love it. I love everything about him. You know, he's, he's good. I love the way he fights. love the way he talks. I love the way he fucks with everybody. He's the biggest troll ever. No, Harrington. No. He's, he's, he's not, if he legitimately had a sore collarbone still from the, the injury that he had earlier in the year where he broke it, you'd be keeping that under wraps. You wouldn't be saying in interviews to a guy that wrestles and wrestles very, very well. Hey, by the way, just trying to avoid my collarbone. You know what I mean? But it's funny. It's funny. Who knows? Maybe he's trying to set a trap. You know, the old go for the collarbone. You know, it's not a very well-known <laughs> ah, technique. But the old go for the classic. collarbone technique. Nah, the old classic go for the collarbone. When the collarbone's not even hurt. Nah, see what I did there? Lulled you into my trap. <laughs> then all of a sudden, he hits him with his collarbone. Boom. Doubt about that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with my collarbone. It's strong as a fucking ox, lad. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I come for my collarbone, you dickhead. There's fuck all wrong with that, lad. Bang. Connor with his shoulder strikes. I'll fucking one up you, lads. Fucking collarbone. It's collarbone strikes from Till. Collarbone all day. TKO. Right? I got a titanium fucking collarbone, lads. Do you know what I mean? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But what else we got? We got something else to go. We got questions or whatever. Yeah, I'll do plugs. Let's take a quick moment. Um, you guys love the show go to our itunes right now leave us a five-star rating positive review love the positive reviews subscribe to our youtube channel uh you guys can get a notification every time we go live we have a new show that drops every monday and thursday night right around midnight eastern uh live shows coming up guys i'm going to a lot of different places september 16th i will be at the stress factory in new brunswick new jersey for the depraved with a bunch of really dirty comics and then the 25th i'll be at soul joel's comedy club in royersford new jersey with a bunch of other comics as well i think we're doing one or two shows that night as well september 25th royersford new jersey and then uh, obviously i'm going with michael bisping uh to the uk for the first time in my entire life i've never been to the uk i'm very uh excited about this tales from the octagon um most of the shows are sold out it's london birmingham manchester glasgow they moved uh the the date for dublin till next year but if you guys want to grab tickets all you got to do is go to myticket.co.uk grab your tickets there's a few tickets left for london manchester birmingham and glasgow i'm actually getting into london one day early september 5th i will be in london downstairs at the trapeze bar uh in london yeah so grab tickets for that i'm gonna be running my hour all really really dirty comedy very very different from when i'm opening up for bisping and bisping i actually have the website written down so i gave the correct website for tales from the octagon this time wow it's amazing <laughs> it's pretty impressive i know first time ever and if you love the show go to our uh if you guys want the entire on-demand library all available ad free uncensored in one place you guys can get the entire on demand library at gasdigitalnetwork.com. Use the promo code BYM. Get a seven day free trial. Never been to England, Lewis. You you looking forward to it? I'm very excited about it. Um, I hear great things. I know that uh, we have a, a ton of 
fans that have been uh, asking me to come out for a really really long time so i'm very excited i want to just stay healthy you know I'm, I'm training and i i'm i'm concerned with all of the travel that during that time i'm not going to be able to train no, you'll be all right. Just get out of bed and do it. Just go for a run. And that's the best way. Whenever I go to a new city and I want to see it, that's yeah. the way I always used to do it. I go for a run. And that's the, one of the best ways because you can run around. You see little things that you wouldn't normally see. You just kind of get a sense of the the uh, surroundings that you're in and you see stuff that you wouldn't normally see, you know, so it's good. You know, talking to things like that, Callum's in Romania right now uh, for a wrestling tournament this weekend. Went in a week early to do some training with the British team. How's the way? And, his weight's good. Well, he found out that he gets, uh, he's got a wrestle at 213, but he's got a 4.4 pound allowance. Ooh. So he can be 217.4. So he's happy about that, of course. Uh, I said, how's the food out there? He said, it's weird. I said, what do you mean it's weird? He said, I've had cabbage with every single meal. He mm. said, and every meal has an appetizer. And most of the time, that appetizer is just a plate of cabbage. Uh, he said, everybody wears tracksuits. Everybody smokes cigarettes everywhere inside restaurants, shops, everything. Uh, so he's having like a bit of a culture shock out there, but it's great for him. He's uh, growing his mind. I'm happy for him. Good for him. Congratulations, Callum. Good luck mm. with your wrestling tournament. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. With everything. All right, Brian, what have we got, my friend? All right. I got a question here from uh, Mr. Monty O'Sullivan. Monty O'Sullivan. Good old Monty. Hey, guys, off the podcast. Bispin just bought tickets to your Martels of the Octagon tour. Going to the show in London. Unfortunately, when I came to buy, there was no meet and greet tickets left. So if you could hook me up with one M, be much appreciated, my guy. Uh, my question to you guys is, is, most people put Habib, John Jones or GSP as the MMA GOAT. What I wanted to know is who you think is the top three MMA coaches of all time, Ooh. excluding Jason Perillo, because I know you're going to put him in there anyways. Um, and yeah, fuck Harrington. <laughs> solid solid way to wrap it up yeah interesting take on that interesting question because i thought we're gonna get who's your uh, yeah. mma goals i was like ah oh, we've done this so many times first of all thanks for buying a ticket uh very very excited so we'll see you out there yeah the meet and greets have gone um yeah yeah sure i'll figure it out for you pal uh let me see let me see the the top <laughs> mma coaches i don't know because i haven't worked with them all i'm just i'm going off reputation of reputation of what I hear. Who do you hear is the best? And who's the number one spot? I mean, for us, the hobby was supposed to be fantastic by all accounts. Never trained with him. Greg Jackson was very good. But again, I just feel like Greg Jackson, a lot of the success came from just a plethora of gifted athletes that were thrust upon his doorstep. See, this is the thing. A lot of time, uh, coaches, some coaches just get lucky because somebody walks in. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, they get someone good that walks in and that person would have been a champion anywhere. You know what I mean? Uh, like Israel Adesanya. You know, I'm, I'm not talking about his coach, by the way. I'm not. I'm no. just using him as an example. I'm pretty sure Israel is so gifted. He could have walked into any uh, uh, gym in the world and probably still became a champion. I'm sure his, uh, his coach has done a tremendous job with him. So, by the way, I'm not taking it away from but that. But on the but flip side, you've also said in your book that Jason Perillo was, you know, tapped into something in you that nobody else had been able to tap into. So, you know, there's also a, the, the other side of it as well, which is you do believe that there is good coaching that can bring oh, an athlete to what? the next level. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And as I say, I think for as a hobby, by all accounts, is one of them. Trevor Whitman is is incredible. I mean, that big pay-per-view we've got later this year with Kamara Usman and uh, uh, Colby Covington too. And then there's Rose Namajunas taking on Zhang Wei Li. And then who's the third? Who's the third? Who's the third? Justin Gagey taking on Michael Chandler. Trevor Whitman trains Usman, Rose, 
and Gagey. You know what I mean? So nice. that's going to be a great night that night. So I just be spent a- I just spent three hundred and thirty dollars on his gloves. His um, yeah, his forget, double strap. Um, yeah, what do they call them? Onyx. Um, uh, but but Trevor Whitman's going to have a good night that night. You know, there's a good chance he gets three wins. I mean, Kamaru's got to be the favorite already. He's already knocked him out once. Rose is uh, just knocked out Whaley with a head kick. And Gagey, I mean, that's the toughest one out of the three of them. I would say Chandler's going to give him a good fight. But good chance of coming away there with three massive fights, three wins, and three fucking good paydays for Trevor Whitman. So God bless him. And yeah, Trevor Whitman would be up there for Azza Harvey. I'm not sure. I don't know. It's hard to say because I haven't picked them all. I'm just, sorry, trained with them all. I'm just going off reputation, even though I do know Trevor Whitman does sensational work. Henry Hooft is another one that needs a good shout out. He's doing great stuff. Of course, Perillo's out there as well. Your Just coach on the Ultimate Fighter, Tito Ortiz. Oh yeah, yeah, it was great. Good spaghetti dinner. Uh, what else? <laughs> what else we got? I don't know. Salsa Lee's. Salsa Lee's would have been one of them. God bless Salsa Lee's. He just passed away to COVID. I don't know if you know mm, that. Yeah, He's um, he was he was my coach on on the Ultimate Fighter. I learned so much from that guy. And you see the 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 fighters that he was producing. That Adrian Yanez. He's doing big things. He's going to be huge. Uh, yeah. So shout out Salsa Lee's, and he would have been one of them for sure. So sad that he passed away. Anyway, all right. Well, I think that's our show for today, guys. Uh, as I say, the fights this Saturday are nice and early for the British audience, so make sure you tune in. I'll be calling the fights Saturday morning. We'll be back with another show on Monday, but until then, take care. Send in your questions to bympod at gmail.com. And that's about it right about now. <laughs>